Regardless if you have a larger channel on YouTube or a small channel or you're just starting out, one of the elements that you will encounter at a certain point is monetization. How do I monetize my content beyond the AdSense? If you've asked yourself that question, today I've got a solution especially for you. Let's do this. Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. And welcome to another episode of Tube Talk. My name is Liron Segev. I am a tech blogger, a YouTuber, and the director of customer success here at vidIQ. Every day, I help creators big and small level up their channels, get more subscribers, more views in less time. And let's be honest, running a YouTube channel takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, and yes, actually costs you money. You have equipment, you have courses that you want to attend, you have business trips that you need to get to, all of this costs. So what can you do? What can you do beyond the brand deals, beyond the affiliates, beyond YouTube AdSense? Well, today I'm sitting with Jessica Talk from Teachable, who's got an amazing option that we should all be exploring. Jess, welcome to Tube Talk. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's start with the beginning. What do you do? What is Teachable.com for people who don't know? Yeah, absolutely. So Teachable is an online course hosting platform. So it's really a platform that allows anyone to sell courses, accept students, enroll students, and share their knowledge. And I lead partnerships on the Teachable team, but I've also created courses myself. So I've kind of been on both sides <laughs> of, the, uh, of the aisle. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to, to talk about courses because it's, it's crazy to see just how much this industry has grown. And how people are not just becoming course creators, but they're incorporating this concept of sharing their knowledge and like diversifying what they're doing in their business um, yeah. with their existing model. Well, and this is why I love this because one of the common questions that we get is about monetization. So as you know, content creators on YouTube, they get monetized based on ad revenue. Maybe they'll do some brand deals, but this, they've got so, you know, they've got the skills. We know how to shoot. We know how to edit. We know how to um, cut scenes. We know how to produce an outline for our shot list for the way that we produce content. Surely there's a different way that we can take the same skills and then rehome that elsewhere. And the nice thing is that I'm not here to say like, oh, everyone needs to stop doing brand deals and stop um, mm -hmm. like monetize with the way that you're currently doing it. The nice thing with course is that you can do it in addition and really like the whole concept of it is you're you're diversifying your income because we know when we're searching for brand deals that you're constantly looking for the next deal you're constantly yes. looking for the next package that you're going to be able to offer or you're reliant on the algorithm uh to show your videos and you know or even for uh youtube to determine if your video is ad friendly or not sometimes videos get demonetized for the wrong reasons and then they put it back up again so really this is just creating like a holistic approach to your business that you don't just rely on one or two streams of income you have more and you're also giving value to your audience well you're speaking our language because everything you've just mentioned is pretty hard hitting. The algorithm makes a change, views take a dive, ads, revenue take a dive. You're constantly on the hunt for that next brand deal as opposed to just being able to have something that's more reliable, something that you can actually base some prediction on. Is this where a course would maybe come into play? Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing with YouTube, and I'm a huge fan of YouTube as a platform, but it is no different to any other social platform, which is that you also don't have direct access to your audience. Yes. So 
I mean, I have a friend who had quite a large following on YouTube and for some reason, something happened where she deleted her account and she lost her entire channel. Wow. And there was, yeah. And there was absolutely no way for her to get it back. So it's nice too, in addition to what you're doing on YouTube, when you incorporate courses, you're also growing an email list. So you have direct access to your audience. You can even contact them with your new videos. It just, it expands what you're currently doing. But yeah, when it comes to courses, the nice thing is that you can really give a clear cut outcome to your audience. So you can say like in this course, I'm going to show you how to do X and you can deliver on a set outcome or a transformation. Mm -hmm. And it's really great for building a relationship with your audience too, because you're helping them get to an outcome or to overcome a pain point that they currently have. uh, In addition to the videos that you're currently releasing on your channel. I'm trying to build my relationship with my community but on the other platforms, I may not have, well, not I may not, I definitely don't have a way to press the button and send my subscribers a, a message. I don't have that at all. At best, I can rely on YouTube notifications, which are, let's be honest, not as reliable as they need to be. So mailing lists are always a priority. We've been teaching mailing lists for a long time and they just need it to happen. So let's move to the course itself. So now you convince me. I have an opportunity. I have my YouTube channel that doesn't stop, but I'm doing this in addition to that. So the first question that comes to mind is, can anyone create a course? In other words, if my channel maybe isn't a teaching channel, I don't teach how to get more views on YouTube. I don't teach a specific skill. I mean, more of entertainment. Can I convert that into a course? Can I think that along those lines? Absolutely. And the interesting thing is, I mean, even people who have uh, channels where they're teaching a specific topic or a specific thing, um, we all have very different skills or unique skill sets. So for example, let's say that you are a um, travel vlogger mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm not really like showing people like how to travel. I'm just documenting my journey and people love kind of following me in the process. But there are a lot of skills that you are consciously or unconsciously or subconsciously using, which is like, um, you're great at video. You're great at maybe traveling on a budget, or maybe you're great at taking beautiful Instagram photos. But Mm -hmm. what I would say though, is rather than just kind of picking a topic that you think people will want a course on, open up the conversation with your audience. And I would say this, even if you are 99% sure you know what your topic is going to be, it's so important to validate that before you go in and spend all this time creating your videos and marketing your course. So some things that you can do is you can look at certain videos if you're getting more engagement when you're discussing certain topics or there's certain things that people seem to engage with more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other things that you can do is just like hop on the phone on a Zoom call with people or do a survey and ask people like, you know, you follow my channel, you seem to really enjoy the videos I'm making, but I'm curious, is there anything that you're currently struggling with that you think I might be able to help you with or something you see me do that you would love to learn how to do yourself? That is the, it's the best way because you're taking the guesswork out. And also you want to have people along for the, for the journey. Um, I don't know if you followed uh, the Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star series where they did the, absolutely. Who didn't? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But it's such a great example of the power of taking your audience along for the journey before you launch a product. And the very first point is deciding on what do people want to know. It's like they feel like they're a part of creating that course with you. And then when you launch, it's like they feel like they've already been there. Well, and they've helped you craft it. So of course, they're going to jump on that because it's part of their journey too now. 
Yes. And I also love the point that you made. Even though you're a travel vlogger, you don't have to think of a course to do with, um, with, the, with the travel per se, but you may be able to work things around it, like how to travel on a budget. Maybe you're really good at that. Maybe that's what your audience wants to know. So your course is related to your YouTube channel, but it isn't top five places to visit in Cancun, for example. Exactly. Okay, I like it. So now I have a topic, right? I have an idea that I want to do, but then I, I kind of ask myself the question, why would someone pay for a course when I'm giving them all this amazing value on my channel for free? Yes, this is probably the most common uh, thought or the, the, the common thing that holds people back, which is that like, I'm already like delivering all this value. Like why would people, or they're worried that people will be upset that they're now asking for money for right. a product. Um, now what I would say is if anyone has ever tried to learn a new skill on the internet for free by Googling and YouTubing, mm -hmm. what you'll find is that when you're looking for a solution to a pain point, it's, there's a very specific outcome that you're looking for. And a lot of the times when you try to learn it yourself or you're looking at someone's channel and they have millions, I mean not millions, hundreds of videos <laughs> on their channel, um, the thing is that you have to sort through all the different videos. You have to figure out what order you learn the skill in. You maybe learn too much or you it's overwhelming. And so the value in why people purchase and invest in online courses is they want the shortcut to an outcome. So huh. even if you have a channel and you're showing people all these different skills, when you're selling your course, and this is actually going to tie into when you come up with your topic, it's important that you have a very clear outcome. And if you like, for example, if your course was how to live your best life, that's a very vague, a very big um, mm -hmm. outcome or transformation. It's going to be very hard to deliver on that. But if you get very specific on what you're going to be providing people in this course, it's going to be a lot easier for people to justify investing in it because they know exactly, one, what they're going to learn, what they can expect at the end of it, but also they know that they're going to learn it in the shortest amount of time. Yes, yes, yes. You know, even though you, YouTube clips are very short, they're a little bit all over the place because the creator needs to cover so many topics. And realistically, there's no way to deep dive into every single one of those just by putting it out on your channel. So maybe you're left a little bit frustrated saying like, I kind of get it, but I really wish there was more. And this is when a course kind of fills in that gap beautifully. Exactly. And I mean, there's so many, there's so many great YouTubers that are incorporating courses in that. And I mean, I've fallen, followed some people's channels for years and I've gotten so much free value, but then they share like, Oh, I have a course on this specific topic or uh, for example, if there's like a baker who has like a baking channel mm -hmm. and they have a course on a specific like decoration skills, like decorating your cake, cake so it looks like, right. I don't know, like a beach or something like that. <laughs> and you're like, I want to learn that specific thing. It's easy to be like, okay, well, right. of course I'm going to learn it from the course. And because they've built in some trust with you over the years anyway, because you've been watching them and they've been delivering all this amazing value, giving them money for something. It just makes sense. You're supporting them. Plus, you know you're going to get something out of it as you have up until that point. Yeah. And actually, you bring up a really great point, which is that if you are a YouTuber and you are already delivering value up front, uh, you actually have a bit of an advantage to people who are maybe just starting out from scratch because you have established this relationship with your audience and you've already proven that you can provide value, you can help them with whatever it is that they're looking for because they're seeing your videos. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to take them to the next step of, okay, well, they also have products that I can um, dive deeper into this topic. Okay, which, which makes sense. Trust, relationship, you build on that. 
and then it's an easy, it's an easier sell. Do you find that there's a fine line between giving everything away for free and then asking for money because then people get upset or do you not find that to be an issue? So it really depends on, I think, how you position it. Like you, you, you give a lot of content, but I think really what people are looking for is the guidance, the mm. like step-by-step plan of like, this is what I do here. This is how long it should take. This is what I should do in this order. Right. So I think really like when it comes to creating the content, you can show people like what to do. You can tell them what to do. And that might be enough for a segment of your audience. Like that video might be all that they needed. Right, right, right. But there's always going to be a group of people that want more. They might want yes. even like a community to learn about that. Okay. And then I suppose in your course, you go deeper dives. You maybe have more tips. You have a downloadable PDF to save you a whole bunch of time for trying to work the stuff on your own. So it does kind of make sense transferring them from the free to the paid, but you show them lots of value on the paid how do I know how much to charge for a course? I mean, some of them are free, some of them are $5, and some of them are you know, $1,000 if not more. Yeah, pricing is one of those things <laughs> that I think makes a lot of people uh, even a little bit uncomfortable because it's this, like, I have to charge for this, and right. who am I to be charging this amount of money? Um, now, this is just based off of our like data, what we've seen our top performing creators do. Mm-hmm. Um, I really would encourage people to use the like premium pricing model And what I mean by that is, so like the average price of our top 10 selling uh, instructors on Teachable is around $272. Uh, I'm not in any way saying that everyone should Mm -hmm. charge $272. What I am saying though, is you want to look at similar products or courses or offerings that your audience may be purchasing or that are in your niche and seeing what the average price is and then be on the higher end of that. Now, this isn't just to charge more money for the sake of it, but there is a thing for like per perception of value. And I yes. think if people undercharge what they're offering, no matter how amazing your course is, a lot of the times you'll find that people, I mean, we see this all the time when people buy things that are on sale or like $10 right. online products, and then we just don't follow through because it wasn't much mm-hmm. of an investment. Um, you want to use some type of premium pricing so your audience like values the product that you're offering, but also that you know that they're going to be engaged and they're actually going to go through yes. the, the content. Yeah, that, that's that's key because if you put in $1 into something, you'll probably never sign in and use it. But if you spend $300 into something, you got to make sure that you complete the entire thing. It's a big investment. You want to get value out of your $300. Yeah, and it, it really brings up also a larger point, which is that, There's this huge focus I find in this industry where people are focused on the marketing and getting new students and like really just like the the outward facing marketing. But one of my favorite quotes, and I don't know who (laughs) said this, but I'm not claiming that it is mine, uh, which was that happy students don't recommend your products, successful ones do. Ooh, I like that. It really encapsulates all of this because you you see a lot of people who have really big course launches the first Mm -hmm. time because they have great marketing and they did a really great job like selling the course, but then it doesn't necessarily continue like that. Right. And that is why it is so important not just to have a great idea and have really flashy videos, but ensuring that your students are going through it. They're really actually getting results because those are going to be your biggest advocates after. And I've spoken to a lot of people who have said, I have got my course and you know, good news is most people don't even take the entire thing and I'm still getting all this money. 
that is so the wrong attitude to have because first of all, they're never going to advocate for your course. They're never going to sell you. And word of mouth is the best tool, as we know, to, to sell a course. But also you can never come up with course number two and number three and number four because they haven't even finished your first one. They didn't find enough value. I know with my kids' school, they will, like a teacher will say, hey, free lessons after school if you want to catch up before the exams. Nobody signs up. $50 a lesson, there's a queue and a waiting list. So, so funny. it's yeah. weird, <laughs> you know, same person, same instructor, but one you've placed value and people want that value. They want to, so it's just weird, but it's good that we know that so we can put our pricing accordingly. Don't undervalue that. I mean, do you see that? Do you see like really successful, really amazing courses, which wow, should have been priced a lot higher? Rule of thumb, I think most people probably could be charging more for their courses. I think naturally uh, we, especially like if we're, we're new to this world, we we tend to undercharge because that feels safer. Right. But I like you don't want to just charge a lot of money for the sake of it. It's just really just looking at the, the value and the outcome that you're providing people, uh, looking at the average prices for similar products, and then using mm. that to decide what you're going to charge. Um, and I mean, there's so many things that you can look at for what is the value that I'm providing? Is it, are people going to save money because they've done my course? Is it going to add value to their life? And like, what could that be deemed as for, um, right. for value? There's so many ways to look at it, but a lot of people definitely do undercharge um, right. when really they, they don't have to. They don't need to. And, and people would pay more, and, but of course they're not going to own up to that. If you're charging me much less, of course I'm going to take that. Now, a word that you used earlier, which I want to go back to, is transformation. And I think a successful course is a course that takes you from point A to point B. Like, how do I yeah. know that my person is going to sign up for this course and I know that by the time they leave, I am confident that they're going to feel that something has changed. They have won. Such a good question. Well, two things. So the first thing I would say is when it comes to coming up with your curriculum, we always say like creating a course outline. So start with the, the transformation or the outcome. And really a transformation needs to be, like you were saying, like it needs to be specific. We need to know when we have hit this transformation. So like feeling great is too big of a transformation. <laughs> yes. But feeling more confident at dinner parties and talking to new people, boom, you know, okay. this is something that we can deliver on. Um, now, working backwards, you want to think through, like, what does someone need to do step-by-step step to get to the desired outcome that your course provides? And then from there, that's when you can add in your uh, sections and the lectures and the videos. Um, so that's kind of like the overarching idea. Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to your videos, I encourage people to always answer three questions, which is what the person is about to learn. Mm -hmm. Why is it important? Now, this is key, and a lot of people miss this step. They just think that if they go in and write into the tutorial or write into the how-to that people are going to learn, but you really want to ensure that the people watching the video are engaged and they understand why this is important. You want to, you have to like sell them on the idea of like, look, we're going to cover this and this is why you should be excited that you're about to learn this mm -hmm. topic. And then you show them how to do it. And then the how. So the and what, the why, and how. Yes. You can rinse and repeat every single video. <laughs> it should follow that. Um, now, as far as do you know if people are going to hit this outcome, it's, it's really tough, especially if you're teaching a topic that you are really like close to, you are really um, knowledgeable in, because sometimes we kind of overestimate or underestimate what people actually need to learn. 
And what I would encourage doing is a beta launch. So you can, yeah. So a beta launch is really just like a, like a teaser or like a test run of your course where you offer it at a lower price point or offer it for free. But I think you can definitely charge a lower price point with the understanding that this launch is your first launch. You're really going to be working with the students. You're going to be getting their feedback. You're going to be seeing where they're stumbling, where they're struggling, what can be improved. And this, I mean, honestly, I would recommend this even if you were like launching your fifth course, because mm-hmm. we, we never, we can never anticipate what people might be struggling with until yes. you actually go through that launch. And then you can adjust your content accordingly. Okay. So this is great. So a little closed group, um, definitely not just friends and family, cause they'll tell you what you want to hear. So yes. you, want, you want to open it up to the community just to get that real feedback. That is vital, vital, vital. Do we create the entire course outline like right off the bat or do you um, find that maybe it's better to create module one, two, and three and then build it as the course is developing? Great question. So my answer is like each to their own and like you know which which ways that you work best. But Mm -hmm. what I have found and just looking at what a lot of our top instructors are doing is like you want to first validate the idea. So I would definitely have your outline cl- mm-hmm. clear on what your outline is and the topics you want to talk about. But something that people have been doing lately, and I think this is a really interesting idea, is running live courses so you can like teach the, the content live and get feedback. Right. Um, this is especially great if you're doing a beta launch. Mm-hmm. But it depends on your personality. So if you're launching a course and you say, hey, the like start date is going to be in two weeks and you have no content, but you're confident that, you know, if you pre-sell this enough people buy, you'll be able just to like whip out those videos and you're, you're great. Not everyone is like, that. not <laughs> yes. everyone likes to have a, a really way short too deadline. much pressure, way too much pressure. Yes. But that's why I think it's important to do a beta launch because you don't have to create all of your content up front. You know, you can create the outline, you can teach it live, like doing uh, like a Zoom call and teach it and then get feedback. And then once you know that people are interested because they have invested in this mm-hmm. course already, they're going through it, then you feel confident to like record the videos and do it like that. And I bet but, that. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's, you just have to be really confident in like, you know what your talking points are. You know that you, like maybe you've taught this, this topic in person so you know how to deliver right. on the outcome but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so it, that's actually a leads to an interesting question we've got a lot of people who attend events you know we speak on stages and we teach the stuff are i mean is this still a good opportunity could we still package everything that we teach on a stage in front of a large group of people but package us into something that's consumable maybe something that's we charge for and people can do it at their at their leisure when they get back to their homes and they're in front of their computers and can get that rich rich value as opposed to a keynote speech for 45 minutes oh absolutely i mean there are some people that i know that their their entire sales process is they don't even really do email marketing it's just from the stage <laughs> that is how they sell and enroll people in their courses okay. um yeah I, I think really like the interesting thing is when you're doing like a 45 minute keynote or you're doing a workshop at a conference, that's great, but you have to take 
really quick notes. You know, you right, might have right, further right. questions, um, but it is a great way to get people interested in the topic to show that you can provide some type of value because you know what you're talking about. But then the course is really the the way that you can go deeper on the concepts. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to have like some type of community where you're answering questions, but I've also seen, depending on um, who your listeners are, but some people might have conferences that they hold themselves. Yes. I've actually seen people record their conferences and yes. I've actually purchased a few courses, um, mm-hmm. record the conference, break up the videos and provide that as the course. So it's like you're there live, but it's right. the recorded sessions and those are do very well as well. Yeah, repackage what you've already shot, what you've already filmed. It's available to you. It's your content. Why not reuse it somewhere else? Yeah, exactly. I think one of the big things that's holding people back is this whole notion of failing. You know, I've spent this effort, I've spent this time, I've launched the course, and then crickets. Nobody's buying anything. Is there anything we can do to prevent that oh my gosh moment? Yeah, there's actually there's two things. Um, the first thing is like leading up to your launch, you shouldn't be wondering if there is interest in your course topic. And this goes back to what we discussed earlier about validating your topic, having people engaged, uh, you know, even doing like behind the scenes videos as you're creating your content and getting people to vote on like which uh, video cover do you like the best or image cover do you like the best and getting people excited so they know that when you launch your course, it's not a surprise. Right. Okay. But th- the other thing though, is that it's hard to really predict how <laughs> a launch is going to go. It, in yes. fact, it's impossible. Okay. Um, What I would say though, and this is even if you hit your goals, let's say you had a crazy big goal that you wanted to enroll like so many students and you hit that. I would say for every single person listening that launches a course or any product at the end of that sequence, email everyone that didn't join and ask them why. And this is like, you want to make it clear that you're not going to be selling to them. You're like, this is just so I can better understand my audience and understand like why you thought it wasn't the right fit for you. And I mean, I've even personally done this and you'll find that the responses are very interesting. You'll have Mm -hmm. people that say, Oh, I didn't know that the cart was closing. Like, can I still join? You'll have people that say it was too expensive for me. People that just say it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. And if you can hop on the phone with them as well, I would highly encourage that because sometimes you'll find is that the way that we see ourselves is different to how the public sees us. Right. So what I mean by that is if your course was uh, on organization, like organizing your home Mm -hmm. and on your sales page, you say like, is your life a hot mess? Are you all over the place? (laughs) You know, this course is going to help you with A, B, and C. Your target audience might not perceive their reality in their life like that. They might read that and be like, I mean, I'm a little bit messy, but I'm not all over the place. Right, right, right. So even though the outcome that you're providing, the transformation is for them, it is exactly what they are looking for, the language that you're using, the way that you're communicating the value isn't resonating. So that's why it's so important to speak to the people and like hop on the phone and just get them to describe how are they feeling now? You know, like, what do you feel about this problem? What is the pain point? How would you describe this in your own words? And maybe you start to see a trend in certain words that people are using or how they're describing it. And even if it doesn't like, isn't like proper grammar, but you see that everyone is describing it in the same way, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. using that on your sales page, you're going to resonate with more people. And then you can relaunch the same product, but just using that, um, those tweaks. 
Oh, so it's okay to relaunch something that didn't wasn't as successful as you wanted to be. You can't give another spin and do a second launch. Absolutely. I mean, people launch the same course every single year. They'll do launches every couple months. Um, it's just like the thing is that you're you're selling or you're providing an outcome, and some people who might be a good fit for it might not realize it. So there's absolutely no problem in relaunching a course. In fact, I think it's very standard to okay. to do that. Um, but yeah, it's always improving. You're always tweaking your your copy and the way that you're positioning yourself. And the same question, could you launch the exact same course because maybe it's seasonal and you might want to have a January one and then you might want to have a June one and you might want to have towards the end of the year another, another little push for the course, but it's the exact same course. Is that okay to do? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think creating genuine scarcity is very important um, because for some reason it's human nature to procrastinate. And when we know yeah. something is available all the time, we always just kind of wait to to actually take action yeah, on it absolutely. Uh, might be projecting, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's important. Yeah. It's important to, to have scarcity. So people have a reason to make a decision. It's not to force people to join your course. It's for them to take action on a certain date, whether that is a yes or it's a no or a not mm -hmm. now, but you want to give them some type of um, deadline. So as we kind of wrapping up, the one thing that we kept on mentioning is that like people that have already got an audience, people that have already got a YouTube channel, people that are already speaking on stage, they already have some sort of a presence out there. Could you still create a course and be successful even if you don't have an existing audience? Absolutely. Um, what I would say though is for someone starting from scratch, it, it's so important to build a community. Now, it does not need to be a large community. We've had people who've had a couple hundred people in their audience and they've been able to like sell their course to them because those are people that are actually interested in the topic. They've built that mm -hmm. relationship with them. So what I would say is if you are starting from scratch, you don't have a course yet, I would maybe start to offer like free content. Maybe you're doing like free videos or free streams, or you have a, um, like a checklist you provide to grow your email list. Um, but I would start there and then start talking to your audience as you're growing it right. to understand their pain points and like the course that you could provide. But I would, I would say I would hold off spending hours and investing money in creating a course when you have no audience, because like we talked about, you might find that the right. people you end up attracting might want a different, um, mm -hmm. a different transformation or different product. Okay. And again, I suppose it's your market research. And if people are not interested and are not following what you were saying, they're not downloading your PDF, they're not joining your mailing list, having a course about those exact same things is kind of pointless. But if yeah. they are joining and they are interested and they are reaching out with questions, okay, now you have a nibble. Now you can start growing that and growing that and growing that to the point where people want that course from you because they've been coming along for the ride up until that point. Okay. Yes. So love all these points. So if people want more information, can they reach out to you? How do they get a hold of the website. Thank you. Yeah. So we're at teachable.com. Um, you can find us. We have an everything is teachable podcast. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, if you have any questions, we have an incredible support team at support at teachable.com. Um, but really like I'd love anyone listening that ends up launching a course to even if you like tag us on Instagram and let us know like you launched or you came up with your idea just because we love sharing what people are up to. And even if it seems like a small win for you, like we're probably like more excited than you are. So um, please do like keep me posted and, and let us know what you get up to. 
Fantastic. And everything will be in the show notes. There'll be links to everything in case you missed anything. You don't have to panic. We've got you covered and everything is in there. Uh, thank you very much for spending some time. This has been amazing. I know so many people are really, really interested. They're just not sure what the next step is. And I think you've just given us some really amazing practical advice, which is what I always like. Practical, real things that you can do today to know what your next step is. And that has been amazing. So thank you very much for spending some time here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. And for the rest of you guys still listening, hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast application. Don't forget to leave us a review. Let us know what we should be doing next. Who should we be interviewing? What kind of content you guys like to see? This is an amazing time to plug the fact that vidIQ has a course. 30 days to launch your channel. It is available right now to all those customers. You guys can definitely go check it out. And I'll speak to you guys at the next episode of Team Talk. Thanks for hanging out. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk, brought to you by vidIQ. Head over to vidIQ.com slash Tube Talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.